listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, we have another fabulous two-part series for you, our listeners. And in this two-part series, we are talking with Aspect Legal's very own Yelena Milanovic about construction contracts and the general impacts of COVID-19 on the construction industry. Now, in this first half, which is part one of our two-part series, Yelena and I drill into supply chain shortages and pricing pressures, the further likely impacts caused by flooding in Queensland and New South Wales. And finally, we touch on how businesses in this industry can protect themselves from all of these upcoming uncertainties. This episode is a must-listen episode if you're involved in any way in the building and construction industry. So buckle in, here we go. Yelena, a massive welcome onto Talking Law. Thanks so much, Joe. It's so good to, to be part of it. Oh, well, I'm excited to have you on here because we're talking about what I think is such an important topic in the construction industry at the moment, um, COVID-19, and we're going, to, we're going to get into some really topical issues, flooding, uncertain times, and, you know, and now's the right time to be talking about this because there is just so much uncertainty around for construction businesses, building construction businesses at the moment, isn't there? They're, they're really, we've got the benefit of hindsight, I suppose, at the moment. We've sort of seen what's happened in, in the last two years um, and the effects that, that the industry has seen. Um, but there's also all these other things that are happening at the moment. You know, it kind of feels like it's one thing after another and with all the flooding um, that, that's been experienced at the moment in, in Queensland and New South Wales, I think it's a really good time to start to think about, um, you know, some of these uncertainties in the industry and, and maybe what we can do in our contracts to protect ourselves. Absolutely. And, and it's very timely because we've just had the collapse of ProBuild and I think that has brought a lot of concern into the market. Um, you know, obviously those issues have been there um, for the past couple of years, but a really, you know, the collapse of a really big player certainly magnifies um, the issues um, and creates a lot of concern within the industry. It really does. And I mean, if you look at some of the, the statements that were issued by ProBuild, they, they talked about COVID and how it's been handled by, by the government to, the, to an extent and some of the some of the measures that have been put in place and, and the extent of the lockdowns is, is part of the reason for, for their collapse. So definitely, yes. Yep. I mean, I think COVID, um, it's, it's really interesting. COVID had an interesting impact on, on the construction industry that perhaps no one would have really foreseen um, at the beginning of, of the pandemic and kind of created what people have termed as this perfect storm mm. um, because people because um, we had people at home in lockdown 
Um, they couldn't travel. They couldn't um, spend money on restaurants. And, you know, they were starting to, to save up all this additional money that perhaps they would have otherwise spent on other things. And they were at home all the time. Um, so they were focusing on uh, their home and... And seeing all the things that were wrong. That's right, all the things that were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and the government was issuing out all these incentives, um, especially for, for new builds. So... Uh, there was all of this uh, demand on the construction industry, um, not just in Australia, but generally for, for materials worldwide. Mm. And then in addition to that, uh, we, we had, you know, the supply chain shortages that were caused by COVID-19. Mm. We had, uh, you know, uh, we had um, labour shortages because uh, of all the border closures that were happening mm. both domestically and internationally. So it really saw this sort of perfect storm where there was an increase in demand but not necessarily um, in supply. Mm, yeah. And, and, and I guess what we're talking about today is, you, you know, reflecting on what some of those issues are but also saying there are some legal avenues that you can take to um, help protect um, your business if you're in the building and construction industry during this time. And we'll definitely get stuck into some of those protections in a moment. So, so we've talked about the general impacts of COVID-19 and the construction industry. Yelena, you've talked about that supply chain shortage and you've talked about, you know, those pricing pressures. Maybe if you can talk a little bit more about what sort of why, what this pricing pressure environment um, looks like at the moment and how it's playing out for for um, businesses in the building and construction industry in a damaging way. Yeah, I mean, you have uh, at the moment, you know, people who have entered into these contracts, right, and a lot of the time they're fixed price contracts. Mm. Um, so they're they're obliged to uh, offer, they're obliged to provide their, their service or their, their project for a particular price. But on the other end, you know, they've been charged much more for, yeah. for the material and the labour needed than they initially um, expected. So, you know, I was reading the other day somewhere that, uh, you know, that the price of steel, for example, went up by by something like 33% um, yeah. last year. Yeah. And, you know, no one could have predicted that or forecast any no. of that in, in, in their contracts. Yeah. Um, another really topical thing that everyone seems to be talking about is timber, you know, the shortages of timber and um, the price increases uh, associated with that. Um, one, of our, uh, one of our clients uh, is a, a builder who owns a, a fairly well-known franch franchise. And um, they were telling us that at one point they were waiting for, for six months for for a frame for a timber wow. frame for a house, wow. um, and you know that's that's really difficult when you've potentially got you know liquidated damages hanging over your head um, yeah. and and other sort of pricing pressures. Yeah. So it's it's just a story that we've heard over and over. Um, but not not you know not only pricing. Um, sometimes you're lucky enough to even be able to get some of these trades to to do your job and, and to turn up on time. So mm. you know, good luck. Good luck at the moment getting a, a roofer or a scaffold or, or um, you know a brickie, for mm. example. So mm. that's the sort of thing we're we're hearing throughout. Yeah, and look, we don't <laughs> we don't want to dwell too much on the negatives uh, because we're really focusing, I guess, today 
on, well, how is it that um, that businesses can protect themselves in these times? But I think it's really important that we we tease out what these issues are. Uh, and, of course, we've talked about COVID-19, but the other big one out there at the moment um, in very recent times is flooding um, in Queensland and New South Wales. And, of course, we've, we've had some very, very recent floods, but we also had floods last year as well. You know, there's there's been quite a bit of pressure in the last couple of years, not just from COVID-19, but these repeat flooding events. What's your what are you hearing in the industry about this, Yelena, and the and the the impact of these sorts of events in the building and construction industry? They they seem to have um, sort of a two-tiered effect, right? There's the effect that uh, is immediate um, that we're seeing at the moment, um, you know, and that's the obvious sort of thing, you know, inundation of of businesses, inundation of sites, um, you know, difficulty in people being able to travel and move around. Um, and, you know, sometimes a week, a week or two weeks is a long time for a project um, yeah. to be delayed. But then, you know, after that, after that immediate impact um, it has settled down, you know, what we're going to see is people are going to start rebuilding and repairing. And that's just, that's going to, uh, I think, just add some more pressure on, on the environment we're already in um, because uh, everyone will want to rebuild and repair as soon as they possibly can um, and trying to get the materials and, and, and the labour um, on an already stretched industry, uh, I, I think, might be uh, a little bit difficult. Yeah. It's it's ironic, isn't it, that what we're talking about, a lot of the things that we're talking about here relate to um, this extra demand and that in itself has created an issue. But how is it that businesses can protect themselves in these sorts of uncertain times? You know, we've had uncertain times. Um, there's certainly we're right in the quagmire of them at the moment. But what's on the horizon? Who knows? You know, there could be there's more uncertainty into the future. So what is it that businesses within this industry can be thinking about from a legal perspective to help shore themselves up to provide some sort of certainty and protection? Well, now's the time if you're entering into new projects um, and, and a new contract and you're pricing these projects to really be mindful of, of these things and to be mindful that, you know, uncertainty can, can be something that will continue for a little while longer. The key thing that, I, that um, I'd like to focus on is, is pricing and, and how you're pricing your, your contracts and allowing for uncertainty in price when you are mm. putting together your quotes. Mm. Yep. And what are those choices? Let's talk about what those choices are in pricing. Yeah, well, the obvious is, you know, a fixed price contract yeah. versus a, a cost plus contract. For your clients, um, they'd obviously probably prefer a, a, a fixed price contract because it provides them with, with, with some certainty. But for, uh, for, for the builders and for the industry, uh, you know, it might be preferable to try um, and negotiate a cost plus contract where you can. But that, you know, something to be really mindful about is if you're in the re uh, residential space, if you're doing uh, residential building work, you might not have that option because in a lot of uh, states uh, in Australia and a couple of states in Australia, um, that sort of uh, pricing structure isn't, isn't allowed for um, residential building work. I've actually seen in, in this sort of distinction,
distinction between fixed price and cost plus. I've actually also seen recently popping up around the place this concept of fixed plot price, but with a variable allowed in for large movements in raw material cost changes. And, you, you know, I often think that's that's quite a good way to sit in the middle of the two. And, of course, that doesn't help um, if you're dealing with costs that relate to delay or if you're dealing with costs that relate to the fact that you're finding it hard to find labour and you're having to pay more for the labour because, it, you know, it, it's hard to find. So that won't help you with the fixed price, but certainly this issue in relation to um, your raw material costs increasing, you, you know, I thought this is a quite creative way of dealing with that sort of concern. Yeah, definitely. And just because you're in a, um, a fixed price contract or you need to provide a fixed price contract to your customer doesn't mean that there can't be other things in your contract to try and protect you. Um, you know, one thing we often try and draft in is, is rise and fall clauses. So, you know, a clause that tries and, and protects you if there is some significant movement um, in the cost of particular uh, materials, for example, in, in, in your contract. Um, so, that, that's certainly um, something that's an option, but, you know, as always, those sorts of things you have to be a bit careful about because it depends on who your customer is. Again, there's some restrictions if you're dealing with um, with, with residential uh, building work. And it also needs to be really clear in where you're allowed to claim and how you're allowed to claim um, and reasonable um, for it to be enforceable. So it's certainly an option. Um, just have to think about how, it, how it's put together and drafted. Be careful, yeah. Yeah, and separate to that, you know, people be really familiar with um, prime cost items and provisional sums in, in construction contracts, um, and they're being used more and more to to protect against some of these uncertainties. Mm. So prime prime cost items are, for example, if you know your your client doesn't know what sort of fixtures or fittings they want to use exactly, they don't know what kind. If you're building a house, they don't know what kind of tiles or taps or something that they want. Um, so you can provide an allowance for that in your contract, but um, ultimately what you get to charge for it will be uh, will de- will depend on what's actually chosen or and on the actual cost to you um, later on when you get to that stage of the project. Mm, um, and great. then the the provisional sum uh, is sort of a, a similar similar beast, but if there's a part of your contract that you're having you know some difficulty pricing because there's a lot of uncertainty in the cost of a particular material, um, for example, you know, steel or a, or a particular trade, um, then you can uh, make an allowance for that again in your contract. But there would there's the option to to later have some movement in that, depending on the actual cost to you. Brilliant. So there's all sorts of ways we can prepare these clauses to try and address some particular points of concern when you're when you're uh, preparing your contract. And I guess the point about this is at the moment, well, you may have in the past always priced in a particular way, but now's the time to step back and say, well, the way I'm pricing, is the way I'm pricing appropriate for where we are in terms of certainty within the market at the moment and the industry? Um, and, and you know, taking on board professional advice to help you work out what your alternatives are and how you can build that in, in a way that sort of balances risk protection with simplicity as well, because you don't want to go overboard creating things that are going to be difficult for you to administer ultimately at the end of the day as well. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, what I'm hearing is that things that are that were never traditionally, for example, included as provisional sum items in a contract. You know, we had someone the other day asking if 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 they could include a a roof as a provisional sum item because roofers were so hard to come by. Um, so people are definitely thinking outside the box and trying to use some of these, you know, um, mechanisms in a different sort of way to to try and protect themselves. Well, that's it for this episode, which was part one of a two-part series with the fabulous Yelena from our very own Aspect Legal. Now, don't forget to catch our second and last part of this two-part episode next time on Talking Law. And of course, if you're interested to talk to Yelena or any of our other lawyers about anything relating to this topic, then just head over to our website at www.aspectlegal.com.au to book a free 15-minute discussion with our Legal Eagles. Of course, you could also just click the link in your show notes because that will take you right there to that booking form as well. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, please consider perhaps subscribing to Talking Law on iTunes or your favorite podcast player to get notifications straight to your phone whenever a new episode is out. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so please leave us a review and rating if you're already one of our subscribers, or even if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time. Well, that's it. Thanks again for listening in. This has been Joanna Oki and Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. team at Aspect Legal specialises in providing trademark registrations and general advice on brand protection and commercialisation for companies and individuals based anywhere in the world. So if you work in creating brands or logos for businesses, or if indeed you're a business needing assistance in protecting your brand, we offer a free 15-minute consultation with one of our lawyers to discuss how we can help you or your client. We also provide free trademark packs if you want to get a bit of an understanding of the process and the timelines. And of course, we do more than just trademark registrations. We work with our clients on a range of issues to assist them in making their trademarks work for them. So if you want to find out more, pop us an email at trademarks at aspectlegal.com.au or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a free consultation with one of our specialist lawyers. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.